As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ben Sternke. I'm here with my friend, co-host, uh, ministry partner, and uh, what else are you, Matt? Matt uh, Tebby. I was trying yeah. to come up with some fun title for you, but my brain isn't quite me. working the way that... So, it's Friday. We, we oftentimes record these intros on Friday, and uh, yeah, it's like Friday afternoon on Friday. My brain is like, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Are we done? Are we done? And I, I try to keep it going. I try to keep it going. You know, like it's, no, we're not done yet. And sometimes my brain's like, no, nah, I think we're done. Not done anyway, yet because we have we're to. Here. We have to talk we got to about record a podcast intro. Intro this podcast we did with Marlena Graves. Yeah. About the way up being the way down. Yep. This was our first introduction. My first introduction to Marlena, and since we've become uh, cozy social media friends. She's awesome. Social media friends. I really enjoy her. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed this interview. She is, uh, um, yeah, she was great to talk to. It was a great conversation. Um, And I'm glad you made a social media friend out of it, Matt. That's great. Mm. It's always good when you can make social media friends. Yeah. Make friends on social media rather than enemies. That's always good. Right. It's always good. Um, All right. So uh, before we get into it, um, you do still have time if you would like to register for our workshop. It's coming up this weekend. Uh, It's November 13th and 14th. It's online. So you can attend this workshop anywhere in the world. Yes. If you have an internet connection. And um, it is a workshop on, uh, it's called Church in the Wild. And we've taken that from a Kanye West and Jay-Z song. I don't know if anybody knew that. He made music no, before he was a presidential candidate. No church, yes. No church in the wild. Um, 
I just thought it was a it was a fun phrase to to think about church in the wild. Um, and the idea here is, what does it look like for us to be the body of Christ when we're not in charge anymore? How do we uh, winsomely witness to the truth of the gospel uh, in the midst of a culture that doesn't really care what we have to say just because we're Christians? Yeah. Um, and so uh, we've we've been wrestling with that for a lot of years, yeah. and always learning. Um, more and more about it, and so we want to host a workshop where we no, we're not going to give you like tons of expertise and answers because uh, honestly we're still figuring this out. All of us are, um, but host yep. a um, throw some uh, ideas out there and uh, begin to uh, cultivate a conversation where we can share best practices, where we can share uh, failures and successes, and uh, all of that kind of thing, um, and also share some of what we have learned because we have learned some something. It's good for us to own that, Matt. Yeah. We have learned a few things. Yeah, yeah, yep. So so maybe to like just real quick, 30 seconds to double click okay. on Church in the Wild. Th- mm-hmm. This is we're talking about what it means to decolonize our mission, to decolonize mm. the church. Yeah. When we don't have the power of the state, and I I know church and state are separate. I I get that in especially in in the United States. But right. but if we can't traffic with the elected officials will make policy of all my faith convictions, mm-hmm. for instance. Yeah. That's one example of this. What happens, when, what happens when the state doesn't care about my faith convictions or even is hostile towards them, mm-hmm. right? How do we yeah. decolonize our mission and our discipleship so that we can be a faithful witness in, our, in, in America 2020? And we just want to say that like, uh, there are a plethora of examples of this from the early yeah. church yeah. and from uh, churches around the world today that don't have the privilege we have. So we're mm-hmm. going to mine out the wisdom and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That was a double click. I didn't time you, so I'm not sure if it was 30 seconds it or a, if it was it, more. It was a preacher's 30 seconds. Preacher's 30 seconds, which sort of gets you ready for, all right, he's, he's going to talk until he's done. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Right? That's kind of what goes through your mind. You're like, okay, well, this guy's just, he's got the mic. And so, anyway. Um, no, it was good. That's a good That's a good summary. I like that. Decolonizing mission. That is, that's totally what we're going to talk about. So, anyway, uh, friends, there's a link in the show notes. Um, if you go to gravityleadership.com slash church, uh, there's also a link there for this particular online workshop. Um, I hope to see you there. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So. Yep. That's it. Uh, I think the, the only other thing I wanted to say is that we have, this is the, uh, so we just finished up our series on being a Christian in America. Mm-hmm. And um, that we have now, from now until uh, maybe December, maybe this month, is kind of some one-off episodes that we have had in the can for a while that we want to uh, get released to you, including Greg Boyd. There's an episode with Greg Boyd. Remember that one? Oof, I do. We recorded a that one. a while back. It was a good one. Um, so that's coming up. Um, Kristen Dooley, Susan Carson, Tracy Rhodes, lots of good stuff coming up. Yeah. And then uh, December 1st, we're going to start a new series that'll take us through the end of the year on leadership. Uh, and I'm excited about that one. Um, but just stay tuned, folks. Subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Hit the like button. <laughs> as the YouTubers. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button, <laughs> as the YouTubers say. Um, yeah, but, uh, but do so. Uh, subscribe. And we haven't said this in a while, but... Um, if you uh, are enjoying this podcast, do share it with your friends. It really helps us out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of new relationships uh, that come th- to us through the podcast. So 
Um, share it with your friends. Just tell somebody about it. Say, hey, I think you'd really like this. Um, also, things that help are rating and reviewing um, on especially Apple Podcasts that helps other people find the podcast mm-hmm. and uh, um, find ways into it. So anyway, please do that if you want to partner with us. That's a that's yep. an easy way to partner with us um, yep. in the work that we're doing. And we're really thankful for you all listening. Yes. Yeah. So here's Marlena. Anything yep. else to say, Matt? Listen up. Listen to Marlena. Listen up. Marle- listen to Marlena. <laughs> Definitely listen to Marlena. All right. Peace, y'all. Marlena Graves, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Thank you. It's so fun to be on with you and talk with you. Marlena is a writer and an adjunct professor. She has an MDiv from Northeastern Seminary in Rochester, New York, Hmm. and is a graduate of the Renovare Institute. Uh, And you live in Toledo, Ohio, with three daughters and your husband. Yeah? Anything else we add to that? Oh, uh, my husband's a philosophy professor, and... Hmm. Wow. He was uh, in undergrad. He was a double major in English and philosophy. And he asked me, you know, while we were dating, you know, which way do you think I should go? Because each of the professors were like, become an English professor, become a philosophy professor. I'm like, oh, I think I love English, but I think philosophy is cooler. You should be a philosophy professor. And so he did. Um, um, but a lot of people said he has a, a he does actually I think have the spiritual gift of being a pastor, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting my PhD at Bowling Green State University um, in a week and a half. And I'm going to be uh, studying immigration, race and poverty and evangelicals. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Evangelicals, race and poverty. And immigration. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That would be awesome. Very, yeah. Like a historical yeah. perspective or like uh, the whole. Well, yeah, kind of both. I'm really interested. I mean, I have an idea in my head of maybe what the dissertation would be, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to know how much it's uh, in American culture studies. Um, and so I'm really interested in how much influence culture has as opposed to what, like the Bible, like people say, yeah. oh, you know, we're just, uh, the people that claim to read to me the Bible the most do not have what I would say is biblical posture or treatment in this area. And so I want to see kind of trace how much it's a cultural influence, whatever kind of culture it is. And so it'll be interesting. I'm already slated to take really good classes this first semester. Yeah. In other other words, to make it a little more, to make it sizzle, how can the people who say they believe in scripture, how are they okay with kids in cages? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Well, it is true religion to take care of widows and orphans. And maybe, yeah. it, maybe it reveals that some of us are uh, deluded about whether we have yeah. true religion. But that's a different conversation. Using the uh, yep. For another day, uh, you have actually written a book called The Way Up is Down, Becoming Yourself by Forgetting Yourself. Um, Marlena, this is a really great book. I Thank you. Some books are some books are very um, thick and like teach you a lot, and then some books are very devotional and stir your heart. And somehow, this book did both for me, and that's rare when I read a book. Tell me, what was the genesis of this book? How did you? Why did you need to write this? Um, 
Yeah, it's because I was disgusted, and I've said before it's a strong word, but it's I want to stand by it. I'm I was disgusted by uh, the witness that um, I want to say the evangelical. I'm not evangelical by culture. Like I never, I didn't grow up in like the subculture, but like right. historically in Christ being central. I know there's debate about that word. But basically, the people that I listened to on the radio when I was young, I used to listen to Christian radio. Me too. Um, oh, who'd, you, who'd you listen to? Who'd you listen to? Well, you know, like Focus on the Family, Chuck Swindoll. I'm not saying anything about yeah. Chuck Swindoll, yes. but, you know, all the radio preachers. A- Adrian and Rogers, all these big radio preachers. Um, every now and then I listen uh, to him and to David Jeremiah and oh, yeah. other people. And so a lot of the people um, and other podcast they weren't just preachers but you know they had they had i'm sorry broadcasts uh but they were politically active i guess um but they said that character mattered and i remember hearing them saying on the radio that character mattered in politicians and leadership and then it seemed like they were selling their soul uh for um power and influence and so you know they sold, I thought, what was uh, conveyed as family values for uh, a song and dance. Um, mm. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, for a podcast at another time, um, you know, Kids in Cages is not pro-life. And so I I, I was just so upset that um, I was uh, and I've um, been a, a victim and my husband of abuse of power by people that claim to know scripture and mm-hmm. follow scripture, but really it's unspoken rules about power and politics. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was just like, what would, how would Jesus live now? Jesus did not use power in that way, money, power, and influence. In fact, in Philippians chapter two, my book's about um, kenosis. Yes. You know, the title says that the way up is down. Mm-hmm. Many of the first shall be last um, and the last shall be first. If, the greatest in the kingdom are the servants of all. And, um, and Jesus did not cling to his rights of divinity. He, he came humbly and poor. Uh, and so his ways upends the worldly ways of doing and being knowing, doing and being, but the church seems to adopt uh, not all churches. I feel like I have to make a caveat, not all the people that have the mic, um, the people that uh, the, the movers and shakers right now that, uh, I guess have money too. They seem to be interested in acquiring power in the world's ways. It's almost like um, the Sadducees that they were annoyed at that they just sold out to Rome at the time, and, and that's why people were mad at tax collectors like Matthew and Levi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I guess you could be in in the United States is where I'm speaking from, but like in either political party, party you could sell out to money and power, but in you know certain spaces they don't see it as that they see you know nationalism consumerism and evangelicalism are so entangled that it's hard to tear them apart Mm. Uh, so much in there first of all marlena thanks for sharing about the church abuse thing and uh sorry (laughs) we've we've experienced that too and it's sorry it's just rotten um Mm -hmm. but i'm struck by two like i i just this morning i've read two news stories that have been, I think, uh, staggeringly baffling. Mm. Uh, that that this something like this would happen. Um, that that, for instance, um, 
you know, someone someone would be defunding the United States Postal Service. Yes. And, and doing it explicitly so that mail-in voting is harder. And yeah. say it. <laughs> and, and like yeah. America 2020, we go, ah, yeah, that's just, you know, that's just a Friday morning in August. Yeah. Um, but what I'm struck by is that you're channeling this heartbreak. I hear heartbreak and I yeah. hear uh, you're perplexed. You're channeling it into what does Jesus have to say to us in this moment? And I just, I just commend that so heartily. I think I just fire off a few tweets and uh, go read a book, but like you're, you're writing books and I just, it's just <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I, I, I'm really upset. I actually moved to tears by what you said that we would make it harder for certain brothers and sisters of ours. I mean, this is not a lot of these people, not all, it wouldn't even matter if people weren't Christians, but um, you know, what we do to minorities, a lot of them are believers, but even if they weren't, we should treat yeah. them like Jesus wants us to treat them. <laughs> yeah. So, so this book then is kind of like, um, well, if Jesus saw the baby that was birthed between um, the American dream and American Christianity, like what would he have to say to that baby? Like to that, to that family, to that person who is kind of caught up and wrapped up. And, and your book is about, you use this big Greek word, kenosis, but mm. it's central to your book. And it's about what are the implications of kenosis? How does kenosis live differently than maybe the power of the world? Can you say more about what kenosis is and mm -hmm. how it becomes kind of a orienting theme in your book? Yeah. The central theme is, yeah. Based on Philippians two, you know, where Paul's telling uh, them, have this mind you, have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. You know, he he gave up his rights. Um, and so he left the riches of heaven. Um, elsewhere, Paul says, for your sake, though he was rich, he became poor yes. um, for our sake. So he emptied himself of the right to use his divinity and power to do his own will. Instead, he did what he tells us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. You know, not my will, but yours be done mm -hmm. to the Father. And when I say giving up his rights, because of the moment we are in right now, people might hear that and say, well, give up my civil rights. Like I should just be trampled on by oppressors. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, Jesus called Herod a fox. So, I mean, he had words to say. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's, kenosis is basically a life of self-emptying and of everything in, in us that's not of God. And um, I've used um, this example in, other places. So um, you mentioned it. I'm sorry that you guys, you've been really hurt and abused by the church and, and we have by people at Christian institutions. And um, mm. I, my husband and I, and other people that worked with us could have retaliated because we, I mean, major retaliation had evidence and notes and stuff mm. against that. We said, what you're doing is wrong, but yeah. there was a line of, of calling things out and then vengeance like and taking mm -hmm. justice into our own hands yeah, right. and just slandering and well, not, I mean, it, I guess I, I don't know if it would be slander. Would you be telling the truth, but the intention would be to hurt. Yes. Um, and, and so that was really hard um, because we're like, we see what you're doing. Other people are crying out about it and you're getting away with it. And it's very difficult to sit here and mm -hmm. we didn't sit by and do nothing. We lost our jobs because we spoke out against, mm -hmm. um, you know, they didn't like the fact that we thought we should treat the poor in a certain way. What we ran up against and we didn't know it was unspoken political rules. We didn't know to be a Christian. The unspoken rules, you have to be a Republican or huh. 
Republican platform or sound like a Republican. Like they had no idea what our voting record was, but it's like, if you say something, certain words to, you know, have yeah. certain implications and associations and yeah. Yeah. Um, you indicate you're on the wrong team. Like, yeah. And uh, because of our stance on immigration and helping the poor. And mm. I'm like, well, isn't this what the Bible says to do? <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so, uh, and because we defended a friend who was falsely accused of having wrong theology. Um, oh. But that was the reason we lost and lots of people lost their jobs. Um, oh. and we were taken over by Paige Patterson, but that's another broadcast, I guess. But oh, um, wow. uh, the point is that I really looked at my husband, some other friends, like they had this arsenal of evidence and just could have went after the aggressors. Um, but mm. they, spoke up without doing harm and mm -hmm. in some sense you know we had to leave it to god but it can come even when you're being maybe bullied or mistreated at work or in the church yeah. i think you should be assertive and speak up for your rights but to turn around and take vengeance um and i've seen people like tro like trolling people you know and just going uh, after them yeah i mean even though i might be justified because it's a real financial harm was done to us psychological harm we lost community like we were mm -hmm. very much harmed as well as a lot of other people mm -hmm. um how we reacted to them and other people that do us harm you know jesus tells us in matthew 5 44 to love our enemies and we have yes. to work out what that looks like but we can't opt out of it This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. I just hear a, a radical commitment to, to the very thing that got you in trouble in the first place, right? Like mm -hmm. you are, you're saying, well, isn't, doesn't this, isn't this what Jesus tells us to do? And because you, you know, because you got hurt uh, be because of raising your voice in that way, um, you now find yourself in this position where it would be very tempting and you could feel justified in taking vengeance. And I, I like how you've distinguished between there's a difference between speaking out, telling the truth and taking vengeance. And there's no hard, fast line. You know, it's mm -hmm. it, you, you have to kind of determine what that is. Um but, you know, just in the same way that you're saying that we need to take Jesus' word about taking care of the poor seriously, we need to take his word about loving our enemies seriously. And we yeah. do that now because we've, we've, we have enemies. We have these people who are hurting us, yes. who are harming us, and our flesh wants to lash out. But we have to reckon with, well, what does it look like to love our enemies in this moment? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I respect that. Yeah, I also hear that kenosis isn't passivity. Right. So it's not telling victims to just take it. Uh, Jesus would want you to stay quiet. Um, right. When when you get abused, I mean, there's a there's a there's a, there's some biblical commands. So for instance, 
in First um, Peter, there's some biblical commands to slaves to just take their abuse. And I think sometimes we need to do like hard work of how to interpret that and what's going on and why is Peter commanding that. But sometimes that just gets uh, clipped and pasted. I think it's cut and pasted. Yeah, cut and pasted onto these situations, Marlena. And what I hear you saying is there's a way of, uh, of, of fighting for justice that looks like the cross, mm-hmm. and then there's a way of fighting uh, for justice that looks like hell. Um, yes. Right? And there's an mm-hmm. important distinction to be made there. Yeah, I mean, it's the gospel. I always, when I, I teach some classes at Weinbrenner Seminary, uh, one of them is discipleship. And, you know, I'm like, tell me, you know, I want you to define the go- what is the gospel for me? And I always talk about, not that I'm like new or brilliant, but I don't do like the four, you know, what was it, the four spiritual laws or something. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's like, I'm like, it's the gospel of life. You see, you know, Moses saying, choose life or death. Now that's used for, the abortion, but that's not what he was necessarily talking about. I mean, yes, I want to choose life for children inside yeah. the womb and outside of the womb. And I know mm-hmm. it's fraught with nuance and I'm not putting guilt on anyone, but what I'm saying is all throughout scripture, you could see life or death, life, life or death. I mean, obviously um, Tolkien does this beautiful in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like life or death. Am I going to choose the ring mm-hmm. to change metaphors and see what happens to it? Or am I going to lay that ring down? Um, and it, listeners may not be familiar with that, but I am really convinced even for myself, like, um, you know, not that we should not be in positions because in some ways I am in a position of power. I've written a book. I have a way to speak. You know, I used to be mm-hmm. supervisors of other people, in my employment, like I had people under me. Sure. Um, and so, but I just think uh, uh, there's a, um, uh, Father Stephen Freeman, Eastern Orthodox priest in, in Tennessee, and he's to me like a modern day church father. Uh, but he talks about, um, you know, power and how it can corrupt even the best of us that want to use it for good. Yes. Yes. And so I always kind of have that hovering over me. Like, mm-hmm. do I use the power I have to be able to do a twee or um, I'm really want to lay my power down like Jesus did and go god's way and that's not always easy it's nice to say it's one thing one thing to say it another thing to do it yes yeah, yeah. you you yeah. quote you quote stephen freeman in the book and dallas mm-hmm. willard these are all our favorite people oh good <laughs> stephen freeman is like our pastor oh you know him oh <laughs> well we love stephen uh, freeman. I mean, well, by know I'm, him, I mean like I mean like I I hold his podcasts in the warm cockles of my heart. I get really okay, excited well, when I are. see you have a new podcast episode. I'm <laughs> top of the key. I know. Listen. Oh, I'm so happy that you know yeah. who I'm talking about. We're we're all we're on the same page. I'm just like, yeah. oh. he's wonderful. Um, so, so you mentioned you you do mention like um, immigration and and poverty. Hmm. Um, Speak to, and you talk about this in your book a bit, speak to why it's important for for wealthy Americans or anybody to remember that Jesus was poor. Yeah, um, especially in the United States. Uh, well, I mean, we have segregation, class segregation, but it's, um, you know, Jesus to me, and I mentioned this, he could have chosen to be born in Alexandria, Antioch, or Rome, like the main centers mm-hmm. of civilization at that time, and um, uh, be born in a palace. But again, as part of uh, his Kenosis, Philippians chapter 2, mm-hmm. he didn't want anyone to say, well, th- this 
he did all these things because he was rich. You know, of course, the rich have privileges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, I grew up poor. Uh, um, and I, I'm not saying all there's poor scoundrels and rich scoundrels and middle class scoundrels. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with money. But, um, you know, I didn't have anything but could just depend on God. And, you know, Matthew 13, it talks about how uh, wealth, the, the seed that's scattered and the riches and the worries mm-hmm. of this life can choke out the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think being here in the United States, even though I was poor by the United States standards, I was rich compared to most of the world. Um, and even now I'm like rich compared to most of the world. Cause I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm poor compared to United States standards, maybe lower middle class, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that poverty and being, I think we need to be close to poverty so that we can um, remember not to depend on our wealth or mm. privilege or position, because a lot of the time we do. Uh, I mean, I had to pray to God, and I think Jesus had to pray to God for daily bread. I think that's why he says, give us today our daily bread. I think everything mm. except for sin, everything Jesus commanded us to do was from his lived experience as a human being. Hmm. I think that, you know, the, the Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholics tell us that Joseph was probably an old man when he married Mary as she was a teenager. And and we don't see him after um, Jesus, uh, they left Jesus in the temple. Um, You know, we hear nothing else of Joseph. So maybe he passed away. And I think Jesus had to pray for his daily bread to provide for Mary and his family members. And so in Matthew chapter six, where he says, consider the lilies of the field. They do not reap, you know, they do not sow or reap or the birds don't sow and reap. They don't spin or they don't strive. Mm-hmm. I think it's because Jesus considered the lilies of the field on his walks, you know, <laughs> because he was right. yeah. walking around and he was thinking about the birds and how yeah. the, the father provided for them. And so that he could tell us that because he did that himself. Mm-hmm. So in his poverty, I think Jesus asked for his daily bread, yes. you know, and I, I do mention that in my book and he turns around and says, now I am the bread of life. You know, I mean, it's so interesting to me um, how he does that. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think he knew what it was like to not have, I think, food to eat and to work or at least not sinful, but at least be concerned about or his mother be concerned about like, OK, am I going to have clothes for today? Or he yeah. knew people. And he was able to say, you know what? Trust in God. He's going to provide for you the way he does for the flowers of the field. And if and, and if you find that you're in your death, you know, then he, he's going to provide for you in death. Um, mm. You know, you'll be going into the kingdom. Mm. And I think that theology applies to no matter where you are in the world. And I go on and on and get into complicated things. But if there's someone in a village somewhere that does not have food to eat, I, I think that, and they cry out to God, um, you know, they're starving children. And some reason it's because we're being unfaithful because there's enough food in the world and, yeah. and there's enough housing in America that there shouldn't be any homeless people. It's because right. of greed and mistreatment. And right. so that can get really complicated. But all I'm saying is that I do think that Jesus spoke out of his experience of poverty Yes. And 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 what the in Acts, what did the apostles James and Peter tell Paul? Remember the poor. Yeah, I think he talks about in Galatians where he said, "This is what they told me to remember the poor." Yeah. And that's yes. the witness of the entire. Like you read through the early church fathers, and mm-hmm. like that, there, there's you know they they have ext- the things that you 
would post today and would seem extreme if you put them on Facebook. People would be like, "Oh my gosh, you're you're a crazy socialist or something," you know. Like you, you, but it's like, no, this is these are the church fathers. Like this is how Christianity, or even born. the Book of Isaiah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, go back further before Jesus. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's always they do not mess around, right? Saint Chrysostom and and Basil, oh. like. Like one of my favorite things, you know, I, I can see my closet from here. If you have shoes in your closet that yeah. you don't need, then you are a thief and you are robbing the poor. I mean, yeah. they just said it like that. Yeah. Well, listen, to, listen to this socialist. Doomed to those yeah. who acquire house after house, who annex field to field until there is no more space left and only you live alone in the land. Well, that's that's Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Marlia, so this has been a huge thing for me, that the learning to read the Gospels in particular from and understanding my, like, privileged social location and how that inhibits me from noticing what Jesus was doing and what he was saying and why. Mm. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, I, uh, I've also mastered divinity. I'll see your MDiv and raise you an MDiv. Uh, and I, I wasn't taught to do that in seminary. We weren't, I mean, when I got my MDiv 15 years ago, we weren't talking about this at all. And now it feels like you and other people have helped us, brought that to us and said, hey, this is important. Don't miss this. Um, don't miss that Jesus, that most, most people in uh, Galilee and in Palestine in Jesus' day were breathtakingly poor mm -hmm. like couldn't like hand to mouth this is why jews kept revolting and trying to throw the romans out because the romans were bilking them and then the jewish tax collectors were bilking them and then herod was bilking them and yeah. and they just couldn't stay alive and so when you're that when you're that poor it, it you, you see the world differently because you don't have the power that you know ben and i have uh and i i, I just i think it's so important i just i just yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, just a, uh, an anecdote about that that's been interesting for me to notice is, you know, you, the, the imprecatory psalms, the psalms that are like asking for curses and things to be done to our enemies, you know, that kind of thing. Um, like, you know, those, those always, they're still a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> for me to yes. read. But like, they used to be like, really like, oh my gosh, like, this is really harsh and this is really, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, coming, coming into, uh, I guess, a new awareness of, you know, everything that's going on uh, today, the systemic racism and the oppression and all of that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, you read these news stories. We talked about one earlier today where you're sort of staggered by and, and very you said earlier, Marlena, like, I'm really upset about this. Hmm. So, like, allowing the the injustice of the world to really upset you, even though I you know, I'm not poor myself. I don't, uh, I haven't experienced that firsthand. Um, but allowing it to affect me, it makes me, I read those imprecatory Psalms and like now it's prayer. I'm like, mm. oh, I get where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. I get where this is coming from. And it feels like a, now it's a faithful way for me to uh, deal with that, to deal mm. with my upset, you know, rather than just fire off a tweet or, you know, rage, for a while or something, mm. you know, like yeah. I can pray and I know it's okay for me to pray, you know, like what's actually in my heart, which might be vengeance. I might have vengeance in my heart, yeah. but like a safe place to take that is to God in prayer through these Psalms. Um, so it just, it, 
it's so helpful, I guess, to have people like you writing uh, to continue to kind of open our eyes. It's making a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. You talk about how important repentance is as well in this mm-hmm. book. Could you just say mm-hmm. a little bit? I, I found that one of the... <laughs> somehow, um, and particularly white conservative Christians in America, like the worst thing that could happen to us is that we're wrong. And we have to say, mm-hmm. I was wrong and I'm sorry. And help me understand, how did we get there? And and why is repentance maybe a pathway or a gift that, that leads us deeper down into the reality of God? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, maybe it's to the way the gospel is preached. You know, raise your hand, come down. Mm-hmm. And you think it's like a one-time deal. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's where you first came into life. You know, I said I talked about the gospel of life, where you first yeah. are conscious that you made a decision to follow Jesus. But, you know, I think we need to be, as Jesus said uh, to Nicodemus in John 3, we need to be born again. Uh, Megan Wester has a book, Born Again and Again. Um, you know, we need to be yeah. converted uh, continually because there's parts in me, in my life, and if I consider my heart that aren't following Jesus, like, um, and I'm not always aware of it until it rises to the surface. And so, you know, if my husband or someone tells me, you know, you're, you're hurting me or you're hurting me with your words or your posture and I'm, and I just dismiss them. Um, um, or even if there's misunderstanding and I'm, and I feel like they're misinterpreting my intentions, I'm still coming across a certain way to them that they're receiving as harm. And first of all, instead of saying, instead of gaslighting him or them and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. You just, just, just be quiet or whatever. We do that as individuals and as a society to people And, and in the church. Um, you know, it's easy just to label someone and call them a quack or whatever. Uh, you know, oh, they're just far right people. They're messed up or they're far left or whatever. Pick your mm-hmm. pick your poison. Um, and so, but if we are doing harm and even the earth cries out, I have to say that, you know, creation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with pollution and all these things, the, the, the earth is speaking to us. Um, if something comes to the surface or we're confronted with, a posture or behavior or a disposition that is unchristlike. If we want to move towards life and towards God, we cannot let that sit there uh, unattended. Mm-hmm. And so I think just like Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, I think the church should be like that. And I do talk about that in the book, yep. you know, admit what was wrong and how you hurt people and try to do reparations. Now, um, confessing your sin um I think, you know, we should confess to God, but trusted people in our lives. And that's why I think, you know, the Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholics have it a little bit better. Um, there, that <laughs> discipline of confession and saying to trusted, that's the key, trusted people. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I, I, you know, I really enjoy the power that I have in my position and calling the shots and bossing people around. It makes me feel really good. And mm. I like the money and I like having a yacht and, uh, abu- you know, taking pictures on a yacht with me, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Uh, you know, I like, for all, instance, or understand. Yes, I love all the benefits that come in the money and the relationships and 
the indulgence that comes like telling the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. t- even though you're um, ashamed of it, you know, maybe, uh, but if you confess it and say, you know, tell the truth about the matter, or I, lo- you know, I, I was looking at a pornographic website or, you know, I'm really greedy. I just keep getting, 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 um, yes. telling that truth. Um, you know, Jesus says, uh, you will know my commandments and that, or learn my commandments, obey my commandments. And you know, the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. Um, uh, and so mm. I think that's why a major reason the church, all churches, the worldwide church is sick because it's to say that we're wrong is embarrassing and we're ashamed. And, you know, we even see in the church people who have been shown to hurt and harm others, outright sin. I mean, they don't have real apologies. (laughs) They don't make reparations to the most often to the people that they've hurt. Um, They have a um, a PR firm do it for them. And so um, that's why repentance is necessary. And and I I do like, and even Dallas Willard said that, right? That the church like should be like Alcoholics Anonymous. I completely agree to say, Hey, this is what I, you know, I'm Marlena and I'm greedy or I'm Marlena and I'm self-righteous, you know, and confess that. But once you confess it again, confessing is just the first step. You need to take steps like the, uh, um, um, John the Baptist says bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So the way that we should keep living should um, indicate that we have repented and it's a process and it mm. requires community, healthy community. Yes. And so I think that's why we're really sick because mm. first we fail to com- we fail to confess usually, and then um, we think, well, we confessed and we're done. No, mm. we have to go make it right with people to the best of our ability without doing them harm. Yeah, and th- I mean this this gets back to wh- what we were talking about right at the beginning, where you know it it's one thing to sort of uh, claim to be biblical, right? It's another mm-hmm. thing to actually like read read the Bible, you know, and find out what it says, right? It's one thing to claim to be a Christian to say this is a label that I wear, you know, on my sleeve, but it's another thing to follow Jesus and and find out what is required, you know, what the gospel requires. And I hear you saying the same thing here where I think there is a there is a general like there's a theology that um is quick people who follow this theology are quick to admit that they're sinners in general. Like in very general terms, yep, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. But yes. very hesitant to confess any specific sin that would cost them something. Yes. Um, power, prestige, privilege. Um, and, I, you know, I think that the reason is what, what you're saying is that we, and this is the, the, this is the whole thing of kenosis, right? This is the whole thing of emptying yourself is trusting mm-hmm. that the source of my life comes from some other place than my righteousness, my right, Amen. my, yeah. you know, my prestige, wealth, everything I might lose if I repent, like it ha- you have to trust that your life actually will, you'll find your life if you forget yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm tired of your book, yes. you know? <laughs> no, so, but you said it, you reflected it very well. And, and, you know, one verse that haunts me, um, mm-hmm. I think it's Matthew 7, 21, uh, where Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? You yes. know, yeah. Um, so we can say, Lord, Lord, we can have a theology <laughs> degree. We can even, you know, explain the Bible really well, but not do what he says. And so we call him Lord, Lord nominally, but then we don't, he's not really Lord of our lives. And, you know, when 
people think, you know, they quote uh, Romans uh, 10, is it um, 10, 9 and 10, you know, confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened when uh, uh, people in the first century in the Roman Empire confessed with their mouth that Jesus was Lord and not yeah. Caesar? Heads rolled. Yeah. Yeah. They were That's shunned from economic <laughs> yeah. things. They couldn't. Right. right. And, and they were blamed for plagues or wrongdoing because they did not bow to the gods. And so when we confess that Jesus is Lord, there's consequences for how we are to live and, and, and it will cost us. Yes. Marlena, I want to talk to you all day. Um, (laughs) The, the, this discussion is reminding me of like the money quote from C.S. Lewis in your book, and I, you know what I'm talking about the like the zinger. Uh, let me let me quote it here: a cold, self righteous yes. prig. <laughs> First of all, I just love I the use pretty, of prig. That might be a yeah. word, actually. A cold, <laughs> right? A cold, self righteous prig who goes regularly to church may be far nearer to hell than a prostitute. Mm. Um, what what he's talking about, I think, is like like the way out of self righteousness is repentance mm-hmm. and and a, a emptying of self, like what your book is about. So, like becoming seeing repentance as good news, seeing yes. seeing um, emptying of yourself as the path to um, Christ. It, mm. Like we we need a renovation of the imagination of what it means to be a Christian, and your book serves us in that way, Marlena. So thank you, thank you for writing it. Thank you for being with us today on the podcast. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes, it's. Um, you mentioned that you teach a bit. Um, how how can people maybe find? I don't know if you're doing things virtually now. How can people find you on the web if they want to connect with you more? Yeah, they can go to at Marlena Graves dot com is my website and I have, um, you know, links to contacting me and, um, it, it, you know, sometimes people invite me to give a talk or something. Uh, and I do teach classes at Weinbrenner seminary. You can sign up if you want to take spiritual formation with me. Um, but I, it's just been such a joy to be with you and to know what you're doing in Indianapolis and on this podcast. It just makes me happy to see that you're obviously living and seeking to live like Jesus. Hey, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to make new friends. Oh, and you yeah. told me on you told me online that you're thinking about writing a sermon on the Mount commentary, uh, and I want to say go for it. We need it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, or or at least a book reflecting on it. <laughs> yes, yes. We actually need it in a few weeks because we're starting a sermon on the Mount series. So if you could take time today to start working, on it. Uh, bless you, Marlena. Uh, yeah. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you, my brothers. All right. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. 
ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.